United reports increased interest in European vacation spots after the announcement that borders will open to vaccinated U.S. travelers set off a flurry of searches for summer flights. And Illinois is losing a congressional seat as its population declines. And as a result of that, uh, we're going to have less influence in Washington. We're going to lose one of our 18 U.S. House seats. We're going to go down to 17. Crane's political columnist Greg Hines joins the podcast today with more. Uh, There is a little good news. Good news is it could have been worse. Uh, The uh, population losses were not as great as as the estimates by the Census Bureau. I'm Amy Guth, and this is Crane's Daily Gist for Wednesday, April 28th. In these uncertain times, it's important to have people you trust by your side. When 11,000 local business owners needed a Paycheck Protection Program loan, they turned to their Wintrust banker to secure funding because that's a relationship they can count on. Businesses are navigating some of the biggest challenges they will ever face. Wintrust is here to answer their calls. They'll answer yours too. Start the conversation at Wintrust.com slash Daily Gist. Member FDIC. I'm joined now by Crane's political columnist, Greg Hines. So, Greg, you've recently written about census data and Illinois having one less congressional seat. What can you tell me about this? Well, the census is kind of the ultimate measure of social health in a way. It tells us how we're doing because people vote with their feet and we're not doing very well. Uh, Over the last decade, the state lost about uh, 40,000 people, uh, depending on whether you count people who are temporarily overseas or not. And we're only one of three states to do that. It puts us in company with uh, West Virginia and Mississippi, which, uh, with all due respect to those fine states, is uh, not exactly a a place you want to be. And as a result of that, uh, 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 we're going to have less influence in Washington. We're going to lose one of our 18 U.S. House seats. We're going to go down to 17. That's the bad news. Uh, There is a little good news. The good news is it could have been worse. The uh, population losses were not as great as the, as the estimates by the Census Bureau. Um, and uh, overall, nationally, uh, uh, the amount of switching of seats, mostly from blue states to red states, is not as, as extreme as some of the uh, prognosticators had expected. And so what has this set off in Springfield? Well, we're in a remap year. Uh, that's the shorthand, shorthand term for a wonderful phrase called Dessa Daniel Legislative and Congressional District Reapportionment. What that means is that uh, it's kind of the ultimate game of musical chairs. Uh, there's going to be less seats uh, at the congressional level. There's only uh, there's 18 guys now, or 18 guys and gals, uh, but there's only going to be 17 seats for them. So somebody's going to have to go. Given that uh, Illinois General Assembly and Governor's Mansion are controlled by Democrats, uh, they're not about to let the Republicans into the game if they at all can avoid it. So that probably means that one way or another, one of the Republicans is going to go. Uh, The easiest way for that to happen would be to throw two Republicans in the same district and let them fight it out. So what does this potentially mean for Pritzker's reelection then? Well, uh, of the uh, of the five Republican congressmen from Illinois, um, at least two have talked at some length about maybe running for governor if they get a bad map. Uh, that would be Adam Kinzinger from the southwest suburbs and uh, Rodney Davis is the other guy from downstate. What that means for Pritzker is they have to decide, well, is our priority to try to help Pritzker and give one of these folks a, uh, uh, a nice district, or uh, do we have another purpose here? Uh, my hunch is that they're going to be tempted 
to, to uh, protect Pritzker because the two congressmen come with a certain name recognition. They're certainly a much better known and in a much better financial position than anybody else who's running against Pritzker so far. Uh, but the top priority nationally among Democrats is going to be we have to save our House majority. Uh, and with this remap uh, nationally, it's going to be a little harder. So I think the, the top imperative is going to be get rid of one, one of the Republicans and put us in a, in a stronger position. And we'll let Pritzker, who has zillions of dollars, take care of himself. You pledged to veto a map drawn by legislators in a partisan way. Do you plan to keep your word? Well, as I've said, I will veto an unfair map. Um, I've also I, I've also said that in order for us to have an independent commission, we needed to have a constitutional amendment, something that would actually change the way the process uh, operates today in the Constitution. That did not happen. Is there anything else that jumped out to you about census data and what it can tell us about the state? Well, other than the, the macro, we're losing people, which is not very good. Uh, and it's not that, you know, it's not that we're losing a lot of people. It's not that anybody in the Rust Belt around us is, is gaining a lot. Uh, uh, states like Wisconsin, Ohio, Indiana gained 2 3%. So there's not a huge difference there. Uh, uh, the really significant stuff we don't know yet because we don't yet, we don't have the smaller figures for uh, counties and cities and whatever. We have some American community uh, uh, survey data. Uh, which is a different census product. Where it's a survey; it's not an actual hard count. Uh, but it's gonna. But when we get the full data, we'll we'll find out. Okay, uh, is it is it uh, who's leading? Is it is it uh, white people? Is it uh, minorities? Is it African Americans? Uh, is the Latino population now growing much more slowly than it did? Which which appears to be one of the elements here. Uh, is it really true, as Pritzker suggested, that we're losing college-age kids because they can get a better deal with tuition uh, at Alabama or someplace else? Uh, that would uh, not be good for the state. And there's a lot of other information that comes from the census. Uh, we'll know a lot more of those details a little later this year. The Census Bureau says they hope to have that around September. We'll see. Here's hoping. So what, what's next? What, what's on the timeline that you'll be watching and, and just looking out at all of this, especially about the congressional seats and what bearing that'll have on the state? Well, under the state constitution, if a new map is not approved by the legislature by the end of June, uh, the decision as to how to draw the maps goes to a, a commission of four Democrats and four Republicans. And if they can't reach an agreement, which they never have, uh, they pick a fifth tiebreaker. If we get that far, in other words, if the legislature can't pass a map by the end of June, the Republicans, in theory, have a chance to control the process because they could win the tiebreaker. Um, uh, the Democrats dearly do not want that to happen, which is why they appear to be moving full speed ahead and passing uh, proposed maps by June 30th based on American Community Survey data. Uh, the Republicans are trying to slow that down. Uh, they'll probably try to get it into court. So that's what's that's what's really worth looking at. Uh, it, the it, the question is, who's going to control this game of musical chairs? Is it going to be the Democrats who uh, who get to decide which Republican goes, or the Republicans going to somehow get back in? We'll know we'll know that I think pretty clearly pending court decisions uh, by midsummer. Okay, and then if it does get to that point, what is the timeline for those decisions to be made with that group of four and four, and possibly a tiebreaker? Uh, it's not clear. Uh, in the Constitution, it could set up kind of a mess, uh, uh, presumably sometime this fall. But if you if you uh, if you wait, 
if you wait too long, uh, you start to get into filing period. I mean, normally, candidates circulate petitions and start to raise money and whatever around Thanksgiving. Uh, if we don't have clear maps by then, uh, it causes a problem. Um, uh, you know, um, in theory, we could move back the primaries that are, that are scheduled for next March. Uh, I don't think they want to do that, but we'll see. All right. Well, thanks so much, Greg. Always appreciate your time breaking it down. Absolutely. Well, actually, I would say that the map that was put together for the last 10 years uh, started out with a uh, very strong leaning toward fairness, which was the Supreme Court rulings of the past um, dictated the drawing of minority districts in the state to start with that map. And then you have to draw from there. There are parts of the state that are overwhelmingly one party uh, or another party, and it's very difficult to draw uh, competitive districts in those areas. But I do believe that once you put these Supreme Court rulings onto the map uh, face, uh, then you can begin to put this you know, fair map and something that is inclusive of all of our diversity across the state into that map. Coming up in today's top stories, for a good meal at a good price, Michelin has a list of restaurants to try. The rating organization's Bib Gourmand's list includes 58 Chicago places, 10 new, where diners can get two courses and wine or dessert for about 40 bucks. We'll talk about that and more right after this. Here's a great way to stay in touch with Crane's Daily Gist. Subscribe to the Crane's Morning 10. It's our daily newsletter featuring the 10 biggest stories of the day. To subscribe, visit chicagobusiness.com slash morning 10. This is the Crane's Daily Gist with Amy Gooth. United Airlines says searches for flights to European destinations increased 19% Sunday after the president of the European Commission said that vaccinated travelers from the U.S. would be allowed into the EU this summer. Details of what would be required for flying between the U.S. and Europe haven't been worked out yet completely, but it's undoubtedly an encouraging sign for airlines like United as they enter peak vacation season. Carriers have reported seeing an increase in domestic bookings in recent weeks as vaccinations have become more widespread, but United said recently that international and business travel have both been down more than 80 percent from normal levels. United CEO Scott Kirby has said repeatedly that he expects pent-up demand for European travel once vaccines become available and countries reopen their borders. Last week, United announced it was resuming flights from Chicago to Munich and Amsterdam. A crop rally in the U.S. is threatening to make essential food commodities significantly more expensive, and the costs could soon translate to grocery store shelves. Wheat, corn, and soybeans, which make up the bulk of a lot of the world's diet, are all surging to the highest since 2013 after gains last week had some analysts warning that a speculative bubble was forming. And bad crop weather in key producing countries is a major culprit. Dryness in the U.S., Canada, and France is hurting wheat plants, not to mention wine, as well as corn in Brazil. Rain in Argentina is derailing the soy harvest, and on top of that, fears of summer drought coming to the American farm belt. The agricultural rally is stirring food inflation fears, too, because staple crops heavily influence consumer prices for everything from bread and pizza dough to meat and even soda. The Bloomberg Agricultural Spot Index, which tracks key farm products, soared the most last week in almost nine years. 
Five Chicago public schools are among the nation's top 100 public schools. That according to the latest ranking released from U.S. News and World Report. Walter Payton College Prep was ranked the fourth best public high school in the country after being ninth last year. It was also considered to be the country's third best magnet school. Other CPS schools that made the list include Northside College Prep ranked 26th, Jones College Prep ranked 57th, Whitney Young Magnet at 70th, and Lane Tech College Prep at 79th. Illinois tied with Texas for 19th place among states with the best public schools. The rankings were compiled using data from the 2018-2019 school year. In other words, all pre-COVID. The list is based on metrics around college readiness, reading and math proficiency and performance, underserved student performance, college curriculum breadth, and graduation rates. Other schools that made the local list include Stevenson High School in Lincolnshire, Lake Forest High School, Libertyville High School, Hancock College Prep High School in Chicago, and Hinsdale Central High School. Michelin is back with its Bib Gourmand designations and 58 Chicago restaurants made the list, including 10 new spots. Crane's Ali Marathi has the story. Restaurants in Chicago have been closed off and on for the better part of five months throughout the past year. So Michelin inspectors weren't able to conduct the same sort of in-restaurant tastings as they have in previous years. But the folks from Michelin say that inspectors have been in close contact with restaurants following their openings, closings, menu changes, all of that kind of stuff, and returned to conduct in-restaurant reviews when they were able to. Um, Now, takeout options weren't considered in whether a restaurant would be included in the Michelin Guide, and that'll be true also for the Michelin Stars, which are set to come out later this week. But there is a new filter on Michelin's website featuring restaurants that offer takeout, which is sort of an interesting take. The list, which was last released in the fall of 2019 and which included 54 restaurants, lists higher-end restaurants where it's possible to order two courses and a glass of wine or dessert for about $40 before tax and tip. So the $40 thing is two courses, a glass of wine or dessert, and that's before tax and tip. And that hasn't changed since Michelin published its first red guide. Um, in the United States about 11 years ago. So it really does raise that question of how likely it is the tab would come to that number. And Cranes actually did a story about this a few years ago and found that it is rather hard. You know, they're, it suggested sort of sticking to vegetarian courses because those are usually cheaper and that sort of thing. But it, it's, it is interesting to look at that clip and see, you know, where the $40 really falls at some of these restaurants. For a full list of the restaurants, you can head to chicagobusiness.com. But Allie, what new restaurants are on the list this year? So there were about seven restaurants that fell off the list this year, and some of them closed because of the pandemic or for other reasons. But there were 10 new restaurants that made the list, and they're sort of all over the city. Um, You know, one is Chef Special Cocktail Bar in Bucktown, and that the owner of that restaurant um, also is behind Giant, which is also on the list. So it's sort of interesting to see the different restaurant groups represented multiple times there. Another is Korean-American restaurant Paria in the Fulton River District neighborhood, um, as well as Joe's Imports, a wine bar with small plates, and a French-Mexican restaurant Zuko in River North. So it really represents a sampling of all different types of food kind of all throughout the city.
And that's Crane's Daily Gist for now. Our continuous news feed lives at chicagobusiness.com. Thanks so much to our guest today, Crane's political columnist, Greg Hines. Be sure to subscribe to these conversations on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you like to get your audio on demand. And find hashtag Crane's Daily Gist on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, and let's continue talking there about these and other business stories. Our show is produced by Todd Manley at Earsight Studios. I'm Amy Guth. Thanks so much for listening and I'll meet you right back here next time.